Blog Talk Radio. No man separate what we create. Unstoppable, untouchable, motherfucking worldwide bomb Death row at its finest. MOB, love for motherfucking. No man separate what we create. No man separate what we create. No man separate what we. No man separate what we. No man separate. 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 No man separate what we create. Unstoppable, untouchable, motherfucking worldwide bomb Death row at its finest. You are now listening to DC's own DJ FX of the Spitter Circle. My life in exchange for you. Born hated as a fellow cop for the baby crime. For my lack of kicking love, ain't nobody don't see. Till I got a pack of drugs at the block, so no. Cause I'm in the back of girl. Do you feel me? Do you hear me? Catch a rise and start. Fuck the love, niggas living. Got these niggas running all wild for my double love. Father's Day. 
So for those of you out there who are celebrating and those of you who are the uh, best dads in the world, happy Father's Day to each and every one of you. And tonight on this program, it is always what I call whenever we have our uh, honored guest here, I call it a uh, PLM Takeover event, uh, Pleasure Life Music and Publishing, and of course, our dear friend Spontaneous, who will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. But before she joins us, uh, we also have another honored guest here tonight. And I guess the reason for this show, uh, for those of you who have been under a rock and who have not been uh, to the movie theaters yet, of course you know uh, about the long-awaited Tupac uh, biopic, All Eyes on Me, which opened this past weekend, actually Thursday. It beat all of the other movies that were opening to be the number one movie at that point. And I know uh, the latest box office estimates are, like, outstanding. I think it did, or it will, uh, according to their estimates. I don't trust estimates until it's actually finalized. But the latest estimates will have all eyes on me finishing third at the box office and for, you know, a biopic, which, you know, especially for uh, an artist or a rap artist, you know, a lot of people, they don't expect anybody to go out and, you know, accept a niche audience. But for this to take in what it took in this weekend, and they said it, the, when the final estimates are done, it's going to be a little bit over $27 million. Think about that. Over $27 million on a biopic for a rap artist. And that has to be something that, you know, it speaks to the person itself. And, of course, the person who we'll be mentioning all throughout this hour will be uh, the late, great Tupac Shakur. And, of course, uh, like I said, the biopic, uh, which has taken years to pretty much come out, uh, you know, definitely a testament to the person who defined a generation uh, through his music, his acting, and his poetry uh, before his untimely death uh, 21 years ago this fall. I mean, it, I, you know, it's hard to believe that it will be that long. Uh, but, of course, he is missed every day. And, of course, this year, you know, with the biopic also came accolades such as the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, which I was glad to see that occur. Uh, for, Like I said, someone who uh, is near and dear to our guest tonight, uh, you know, he definitely uh, well-deserved uh, that uh, coming up. Uh, wanted to get a couple of things out of the way before I bring my first guest in is uh, some housekeeping work here. So for those of you who are listening in to us tonight, uh, definitely if you do have any questions, you can give us a call. The number to call in is 646-668-2937. And you can call in, and you, if you have questions of our guests tonight, uh, definitely uh, all is welcome. I know sometimes in the past it may be just a one-on-one -on -one interview or a one-on-one call-in show, but uh, like I said, tonight uh, we're celebrating Pac, we're celebrating you know, everything that is him. And, uh, of course, my first guest tonight, who I'm excited to have here, uh, also has a history with Pac. And she is, of course, and I'm going to kind of bring her up here but uh, while I'm introducing her, but uh, my first guest tonight, uh, if you go to her Twitter handle, uh, at uh, Delia McCulkin, uh, you will see that she has the three titles, and I, I say that each and every one of them, <laughs> uh, Mother, author, entrepreneur. Now, she, notice she put mother first, which actually is the most important job in the world. <laughs> uh, you can uh, catch her on Instagram, on Twitter, but she is such an accomplished uh, author. Of course, I know that uh, Ms. McCutcheon will tell you that uh, mother is probably one of her proudest ones. 
But uh, she is a former CEO and editor of her own entertainment blog, uh, Drama Scene Magazine and Drama Scene Live Radio. So she's used to this radio game, as uh, I've talked with her about in the past. So we all know anything can happen tonight. We all know that uh, we're long friends, and uh, I am honored to have her here. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm running, ripping and running, trying to get from one event to one radio show to one event to one radio show. I know over these last couple of weeks, you've been all over the place, and uh, I know uh, tonight that uh, all roads lead you here to the 411 Lounge, and uh, we're happy to have you. What has this been like over the last couple of weeks, especially in the last, I would say, 72 hours since the movie has come out? Oh, God, it's been exciting. It's been a roller coaster. It has been exhausting. So I am going to sleep very well for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that don't know, you know, and I was talking earlier uh, about the fact that, you know, Tupac pretty much defined a generation. You know, and, and when you look back, I mean, there, especially within the last, I mean, you know, I guess the main part of the MTV generation, even though they say it was the 80s and Michael Jackson, but... You know, you go back to that period in the 90s where, you know, uh, rap really took the world by, and, and it did take the world by storm, so don't, for you 80s rap heads, don't call and complain. But the 90s really was where it kind of broke out and went mainstream. And Tupac was the one, pretty much was, you know, one of the main ones leading the charge. What, I mean, you were in that area. How did Tupac influence your life, for those that don't know? I mean, how how did he influence your life? Wow. In a lot of ways. He influenced my life by just being Pac, you know, um, by just being him, um, by influencing me to do better, to be better, to want better, Um He's a big influence on my life, actually, because he was the one that forced me writing a book when I didn't even see it. Wow. And, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, when you, uh, when you think back and, you know, we always wonder if we were able to touch someone or we were able to uh, put some confidence in someone, and you said he was able to do that. And there was a wonderful book uh, that she has out that is entitled I Testify. If you have not had a chance to read it, uh, you can actually get it uh, through her website, and we're going to give you some details on that, especially as this evening goes on. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know you wrote this wonderful book, and you have – uh, a section about it, of course, in the book about our guests upcoming here in the uh, next half hour spontaneous and how she met him. And, you know, it describes a man who really cared about others and, you know, saw the best in them. Is that what you pretty much, and I, I know you said that that's what you remember about him, but there's so many things I think that from those who actually, you know, were with him, you know, and those of us who thought we were with him or, you know, who kind of just saw the what we saw on TV. Uh, is that pretty much the biggest legacy that he left for everyone, especially for you, is that to, you know, always lift up the other ones and see good in them, even if, you know, the world doesn't see good in them? Oh, goodness, yes. Um, and I actually carry that with me to this day. Um, he basically, even if he felt a certain kind of way about someone, if he 
felt like that person needed help or they needed an uplifting, he would still uplift them. Um, that's something that I think that every woman, every friend, everyone that he actually dealt with, I think that they would share that same story, that he was there. Um, for me, I, you know, I write that in the book. Um, I literally moved to L.A. with a trash bag full of clothes. He moved me from Houston, Texas to L.A., and, you know, basically that's how I ended up moving into um, an apartment <clears throat> with Spontaneous, Tim Dog, and a couple of other people um, who were in the music industry at the time. And it's just so amazing because my situation was literally at rock bottom, and he was like, yo, pooch, all right, come on, you know. I, I need to move you to L.A., and I need you to talk to this person and this person is family and this person is close to me. And, you know, when you look back at your situation and you go, okay, wait a minute, where am I going, what am I doing? And you've dated this person, and he introduces you to someone that he's dated, dating, and so forth. It's like, wait a minute. But that's what was so different about him because he wasn't, like, about drama. He was about bringing people together and so it was like, wow, wow, are you serious? Like, I'm literally packing up all of my things, and I'm moving to L.A. So. And I'm pretty sure in that situation back then, it, you know, as a young person who has this, because, I mean, this was probably around a time when Pac was really just becoming Tupac, the guy that the people, you know, saw in the movies and saw in the videos and everything else, and this is a person who pretty much kind of took you under his wing, right? Absolutely. Um, I actually met him when I was about 17 or 18 years old. We briefly dated, had a, you know, a really cool friendship. And um, that was around the time when he was not Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. When he would cave Tupac Shakur, it was like he literally had these huge wings, you know, those Victoria's Secret wings. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like he just, you know, he embraced me, embraced my situation and embraced me as a person and literally tried to save me from the person that I had later become. He tried to save me before I got there. But, you know, things happened, things changed. He's no longer with us. And my life took an alternate route after um, his passing, actually. And, you know, I, I don't really like to, you know, kind of go and delve too much into the, the dark end of it. But uh, that day, and I was saying earlier, I was like, that was 96, and that's 21 years ago, pretty much uh, this fall. Um, and I'm pretty sure that everyone around him was affected dramatically in some way. And you kind of touched on it there briefly. You know, when that happened, and I, I guess the time it happened, was it something that you just couldn't believe for a while, like everyone else in that, you know, or was it just one of those things where he kind of in the past kind of set you up for something as to where, hey, if I'm not here, you know, you need to, you know, be you. Was it one of those things where he was like that, or was it just one of those things that kind of, and of course it hits you, you know, like a ton of bricks, but when that occurred, what happened on that day and what kind of happened a little bit for it? And how did you kind of shift that change as to where you went down that road that he saw you going down? Wow. Um, when I heard that, this is so crazy. <laughs> 
when I heard that, I was actually on stage at a strip club, and the words rang out throughout the club. And I remember someone coming up to me saying, um, your phone is ringing, your phone is ringing, you need to go grab your phone. And I was like, I'll get it, I'll get it, you know. And when I went back, and uh, it was crazy because it was like literally everything was at a standstill. And I picked up the phone and I made a phone call and um, I made a call to his cousin and I said, um, and I said, I was like, um, is it, is it true what I'm hearing? And he was like, let me call you back. And so I kind of had this eerie feeling like, okay, it's true. And when my phone rang again, um, it was someone else who, you know, I can't really display who that person was, but mm-hmm. they called me and it was like, I really need for you to step outside the club right now. When I went outside the club, I remember just standing out there like, okay, give it to me real. And they were like, he's gone. And I just remember falling to my knees, like, really, you know, it to this day, it's still so, I feel like Elvis, <laughs> you know, the Elvis situation where they're, where they're like, Elvis is still alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it just, it didn't register. And to this day, it still really doesn't register. Like, you can't pick up the phone or you can't send a two-way. I remember, you know, he had got me a Skytail two-way. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, just not being able to, like, get that message across your two-way pager. And it's so crazy because Spontaneous actually sent me my number the other day that her and Pac had back then, and I called it, and it just rang, and I was like, wow. It's still to this day very um, very surreal. It really doesn't register that the greatest rapper of all time is not with us. Um, Wow. Yeah. It was a very horrible day that day. Um, it, it's still unbelievable because you look back and you say, well, did it really happen? And you really have to look back and say, wow, yeah, that person is gone. Like the person that literally took you out of the strip club, off the streets, changed your life, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Hmm. Like it, it, you know, doesn't register quite well all the time. So it's kind of like you get that feeling where everyone's still kind of even years, a few years. I remember for the first few years afterward when a new, you know, Tupac song came out, people swore up and down that, you know, he really wasn't gone because they were like, well, if you listen to that part two minutes in, he was talking about this, and that just happened. So there's no way he could be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you kind of felt? Or did you, you, know, you knew? No, listen, I, let me tell you, it's so crazy because people will always come up to me and be like, um, is he really gone? Is he dead? Tell the truth. We know you, though. And I was looking at people like, and then I would hear the songs, and I would hear certain scenes in the back. Because, like, when you're with him, and you knew how he wrote, and you knew how he was in the studio, and it was like, you're hearing these words, and you're like, wait, did you see it before it happened, or are you really laying down these tracks? <laughs> and I got to that where I was like, wait a minute now. Come on are you somewhere in Cuba, like, hanging out, looking at us, going, I'm watching over you guys, but then, you know, reality does say me. Wow. Yeah, I 
I'm, I was always interested in those who were near him, how they kind of felt. And I'm glad you kind of shared that with us this evening. I know every time I've asked them, and I hate to ask them, but, you know, it it makes me wonder if those who were close to him felt the same way that all of us felt because it pretty much it's – and I hate to compare, but it, it his death probably for a generation of us who listened to him, uh, we were influenced the same way and – you know, hurt the same way as if when, you know, John Lennon was shot and killed. Right. You and know, and, yeah. So, I mean, if I guess if you want to compare it, I think that's a fair assessment, right? I, I would compare that as a great assessment, absolutely. absolutely. So for you... So for you knowing who he was, I mean, now 2017, I mean, if he were here with us, how do you think he would probably be feeling? Because I'm going to ask our, our guest spontaneous who's coming up uh, here toward the bottom of the hour, but how would you think that he would feel about this biopic coming out with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame honor that was bestowed earlier uh, this year? How do you think he would take all that in? Would he pretty much kind of be, you know, uh, pretty much nonchalant about it or do you think that it would be one of those things where he's like man that's that's pretty cool that's pretty cool (laughs) wow i think if he were here and he were inducted into the hall of fame and he was here i literally think that he would have jumped cartwheels um he would have i mean you guys saw how he was on camera he would have been flamboyant he would have been out there like yo i did this and you know he was really excited about it um i have not seen the biopic yet um so I cannot say how he would feel because I, I, I'm waiting for it all to die down mm. um, to kind of get an opportunity to, to take it all in because I've heard good and I've heard bad things about it. But the great thing about it is that the movie grossed over three, $3.1 million. So obviously people are wanting to see this. I think that um, if he were here and he had his hand in it and he had his take on it and he was able to help produce, direct, and so forth, I think that he would have been all for it, but I can't honestly say how he would feel because I haven't seen the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't really say how they did or did not portray him, but, you know, the art, I mean, the art, I'm sorry, the artist, <clears throat> the writer, the man. I don't know. So I can't say on the movie, but being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think that he would be absolutely ecstatic. Gotcha. And for, I guess, if you were to, if someone came to you, or what such is what I'm about to do, <laughs> and they were to say, if you were given one word to describe the man himself, what word would it be? Goat. Greatest of all time. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the truth. Um, there has and and this is not to discredit any other artist or any other rapper or, or musician. He truly was the greatest of all time when it comes to rap music. He truly embodied the art of rap. Um, I honestly don't feel that there has been an artist that has come close to him. Actually, I'll 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 re, I'll, I'll correct that one and I'm going to say Eminem. I think that, for me, has been the closest that someone has gotten to, you know, um, being on that level of Tupac. But one word, there's only one word to just like, you know, talking about Muhammad Ali or 
Prince or Michael Jackson or John Lennon, you know, or the mm-hmm. Beatles. They're yeah. the greatest of all times, and you cannot top them and what they did, their genre of music, and how they touched people all over the world. Mm-hmm. You, you can't really describe it in any other way. Greatest of all time, GOAT. In these next few minutes here, I kind of wanted to uh, go through a few uh, things here for the folks that uh, wanted to make sure that, because I know I've mentioned uh, the book that uh, Delia has wrote. Uh, one of the things that I testified, which you said that you know Tupac pretty much was a big inspiration beyond that book. And I guess... When that occurred, or when he was being, you know, uh, that shining beacon for you, what did he tell you, or what advice has he given you that you still take today? Always be 100. Always be yourself. Never let people see you cry. Stand on your own two feet. And and you're kind of really vulgar, but don't give an F about what people think about you or what they say about you. When he first saw this book, I was um, I had to be in my early 20s, and we sat across from each other. It was 1995, and we're sitting across from each other. You know, when he spoke about this book, and there were events that hadn't even happened yet that he just, you know, it was like he told me that you're going to write a book and it's going to be really big. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to write a, I'm not going to write a book. What are you talking about? Um, So to sit across from someone and they tell you that you're going to write a book, it's, it's crazy because it's like people saw it, but the advice that he gave me, the advice that he gave me, was just to always be myself, always be 100, and not really care about what people think. Some powerful, powerful words. And, uh, you know, I think there are plenty of speeches that I think I've seen, especially in the last few days, uh, online. And I guess that's the good thing about social media, since it's uh, kind of become more and more uh, bigger since, uh, Pac, and it's hard to believe that, you know, 96, it really wasn't that much out there in regards to uh, Internet. But uh, <laughs> um, but with Pac, I mean, now we kind of have things on YouTube that we can see and, you know, other things that are going on, that speeches that, you know, he made. And you're like, man, I didn't know Pac said that, you know, back in that time. Uh, and it's good to see. And, and do you think that the message that he, and, and like I said, it's, uh, the same question I'm going to probably ask spontaneous here uh, uh, here in a few minutes, but do you think that the message that he had back then uh, still resonate today, or do you think that it will be one of those things where it probably might be shifted a little bit more for today's generation, or does that message still resonate? I would honestly say the message still resonates, but I think that he would – have evolved. We evolved as people, so his message would have probably been even more powerful today. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that Pop even thought politics. He thought about getting into politics. So um, he would have evolved. The message would still be the same, but it would be on a different level. It would be 
way more than what it was then. Because, like I said, we evolved as people and things change, people change. And the music industry has changed. Politics has changed. There's so much that has changed in the world that he would have conformed and adjusted his message to be more powerful than it was when he said it 20, 21 years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, you know, I think back and I wonder about that because I was like, you know, it was such a strong message then. And I think it was one of, I mean, what I picked up, honestly, you know, uh, from listening back then was not to let anyone define you, you define yourself. Uh, I think that's what I used to pick up. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I think, you know, if no, there you're was anybody. Absolutely right. Yeah, if there was anybody who was more themselves and who, as you said, didn't, quote, give an F. <laughs> about it, it was him, and you know, and I think I see that in everyone who he's touched in some weird way, and, and you know, from everyone who talks about him, who you know were associates with him or who knew him, uh, it's kind of like you now have come out with that that confidence to you know, if it wasn't there before, it certainly did come out once you met the man. Am I am I right in saying so? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I honestly. You know, I took a lot from him, and he saw so much in myself that I didn't see in myself. And the message that I gave when I was younger is completely different from the message that I actually stand by today, which is why I wrote, you know, the book, because he always said, be yourself. And that's what I dared to do. You know, I write that in my book, is that, I dared to be myself. I, I chose to try to be like everyone else and, and trans, you know, didn't want to transcend to be myself. I wanted to be like everybody else and what was trendy at the time. And when I finally realized, and I was writing this book, and then all of this Tupac stuff started, you know, coming forth, it was like, okay, this is, okay, it, it's time to, to be the person that he saw, but also the person that you know that you can be. And so I've definitely become the woman that he foresaw and the woman that I look in the mirror now and say, wow, this is truly an amazing person when I look at myself in the mirror. Wow. Well, great words. Uh, <laughs> and also a great story because uh, I'm glad that you were able to uh, share that uh, with us today because I don't think that anyone has, I mean, you know, we say it's been over 20 years, and sometimes when you hear the stories about Tupac, you don't really get a chance to hear it from the people who, I mean, you hear it from people who maybe were, you know, associates of his, and you might have heard it from maybe a couple of people who, you know, were really close, but for the people who really, you know, they weren't, uh, you know, like you said, you weren't a performer, you didn't, you know, you rapper, you didn't sing, and he took you under his wing and pretty much, you know, believed in you. You really don't get a chance to hear those stories, and I'm thankful that uh, you were able to join us today here to give us a little bit more insight on the man himself. And I, I guess for all of those things that you hear out there, is there something in particular that's not true about him that makes you upset? Um, honestly, I... I don't listen to the negative comments. I don't watch them. I don't read them. I don't look at them. So I honestly can't answer that because the truth that I know and the truth that I hear from the people that know him 
and are, are around him, those are the words that I hear. I don't listen to the negative things about him because everyone has something negative to say, and, you know, everyone will have their own rendition and their story about a person, me, you, and the person walking down the street. So when you don't pay attention to the people on the sidewalk, you just you just keep passing. You just keep going, and that's what I do. When I hear those comments, it's like they're on the sidewalk and I'm on the street. I just keep going. I don't pay attention to those things. Gotcha. Well, I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us today. I know uh, we have a spontaneous coming up here in just a minute. And uh, for those of you who, or for those who want to follow you, where can we find you at? And give us every site that you got. <laughs> oh wow, it's Dahlia McCutcheon. It's D A H L I A. Last name is M C C U T C H E N. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm all over social media. So you can find me for an autographed copy of my book. You can go to my website, which is Dahlia McCutcheon. Um, it's in stores, Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon, iTunes, Kindle. I mean, it's literally everywhere. But I just thought about. It's literally something just rain in my head really quick before I go. The one thing, and, and I should have said this, but I really didn't want to bring it up, but the one thing that I can honestly say that I would feel is, has been a lie is him being a rapist. Um, and I talk about it, you know, in my book. When I moved to L.A., I had just come out of a really, really bad situation where I was a rape victim. And for Tupac to move me from L.A., I mean, from Houston to L.A., knowing my situation, I could never call him or say that he was a racist. That's my opinion. That's the man that I knew. And that's one thing, that's one lie that I feel is not true because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a survivor of being raped. So I'm going to leave that right there because that's a very touchy situation. Exactly, and we do thank you. Uh, Dahlia, for uh, joining us tonight, and uh, of course, anytime uh, you are wanting to come back on the 411 Lounge, you are more than welcome, and of course, uh, we will have uh, details as to where you can get a hold of her book, which is a great book and a great read, so definitely go to her website and you know check it out, and thank you so much once again for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, and I'll definitely come back, definitely. Thank you. I do appreciate it, and I'm definitely going to be listening in for Spontaneous. I love her very much and thank her. All right. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to do something weird. Through the, uh, through the power of radio, you'll be able to say hi to her because I'm actually going to bring her up on the line. I was, I did have, like, this flowery, you know, intro, but she's been here so many times. <laughs> she's been here. I think she has been now the most – I think she's close to pretty much tying the record for being on the most times. And I had, like, a huge – Paragraphs written up in regards to introducing her, but I think I've done it so often that people already know, but I'm going to talk about it throughout the evening. How are you, Spontaneous? How are you? How are you? And yes, um, Poochie. Yes, I have to say Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, and I'm so for her, and I keep on saying that because it's not enough. I, I will be saying that forever. You know, because like I said, I, I during the time Pac was alive, and how you know Pac is like, okay, we need to link with her. We need to have her here. We she has to be a part of the family. You know, 
she was like very stubborn. So I see, you know, <laughs> how she blossomed and the maturity, how she, what it is, Pac seen what she was going to do in the future. He foreseen her future. She didn't see it. She sees it now. So that's what it is with him. You know, there are special people on this planet, and like I said, that might be here for a little while, but they were here for a purpose, for to help other people. So he foreseen what was going to happen in the future. He couldn't tell you what date. He couldn't tell you what month and what year, but he already knew in the future this was going to be happening. We just didn't know what's going to happen on his birthday. <laughs> By doing media on the planet. <laughs> but he knew. And I was just there to, like, witness the whole situation of it. So that's why I already knew what kind of human being he was. But she didn't at the moment. <laughs> you know. So it's just that I, I just so – this is how God works. Truthfully, I'm going to keep it real because God works through the prostitutes. He works through the, the, the drug dealers. He works through, that's what God works through, okay? So that's what that's about. That's what that's, God is real. Go ahead. No, I'm, I was going to say this because I know she's going to um, go and do her interview, but I wanted to say to her that I love her very much, and I truly thank Pac for introducing, you know, me to her and, you know, him moving me to L.A., and she's an awesome sister, an awesome friend, and to this day, I will forever, you know, love her very much, but I thank you guys so much for having me I love you on the too. show, <laughs> and I will talk to you guys soon. I'll definitely come back on the show. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful interview, babe. All right, sweetie. Thank you. All right. Take care. Alrighty. Good evening. All right. Bye bye. All right. Now, you know what? Uh, for those of you who listen to the 401 Lounge, once again, this is your boy Lavar here, and I am now here with the CEO of PLM. And the whole reason for this PLM takeover tonight, spontaneous, and I know that was one of those uh, crossover type of hellos that we had a chance to get to do, but I'm going to actually tell Spontaneous here really quick is that I'm going to do something rare tonight. Uh, we've had a gentleman who has been holding on. Even as I just logged in to get to this show tonight, he has been holding yeah. by patiently, waiting to ask uh-huh. you a question. So if you don't want uh-huh. to bring him up, because I, I have a feeling he's like a big fan of yours. And his name no is problem. Joseph. Yeah, I'm going to bring him okay. up. This is very rare that I get a chance to have guest hosts coming on. But, uh, Joseph, are you still there? Uh, yes, I'm still here. Uh, hello. And hello there, spontaneous ecstasy. Hi, uh, how are you? First, first, first off, I want to say thank you for being on uh, Real Talk and Hot Sugar Tea. Oh. We're hosted by India Morel. Yes. Who, yes. I, who I miss talking to as well. But other than that, thank you to both you and Dahlia for being on those shows. And I wanted to ask both you and Dahlia this question yes. as it relates to uh, Tupac. I did mm-hmm. go see the movie. Okay. 
But also a while back, I watched also the movie about Notorious B.I.G. Mm-hmm. And uh, also they had a documentary on the two of them in the whole East Coast, West Coast, yeah. or war, whatever. You, uh, in one scene, when Tupac joined Death Row Records, uh, my question, which was going to be for you two uh-huh. and the host, uh, could there have been any way for him to avoid signing on to Death Row Records knowing that Suge Knight was going to end up becoming like some crazy Al Capone gangster that was going to well, get him killed? when they were in Las Vegas? I'll say this. Um, during that time, you know, that was Pac's decision to sign with Death Row. And Death Row, truthfully, Death Row was one of the amazing labels out there. Remember, they had Snoop, they had Dr. Dre, the list goes on. The thing of it is, I've made decision in my life, it's like this is the company I want to go with at the moment. So the key of it is that was Pac's decision on him signing with Death Row, but Pac was already a major rap artist, well-known rap artist, before he signed with Death Row. So Death Row didn't make Tupac, okay? But that was just the business move of what he wanted to do at that time. Now, from the Las Las Vegas situation, the Las Vegas situation, a fight, as you see in the casino area, did really occurred. That confrontation happened. I wasn't there, so I can't speak on it, but I definitely know there was a confrontation that took place in the casino. So that's not news. That's not make-believe a confrontation that happened. And a matter of fact, that was during the time of the Mike Tyson fight, right after the Mike Tyson fight, because Doc and Mike Tyson were very, you know, that was one of his best friends. So he always supported him during the times he was actually fighting, you know, during his um, fight in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, So I say say to people, you know, when it comes to about the East Coast, West Coast, Pac love all coasts. So that was instigated through media. And they still instigate so much when it comes to hip-hop. And a lot of rap artists love each other side. You're still the United States of America. Pac is from the East Coast. That's where he was born. He uh, was one school. more question for you all concerning a scene that I saw when I was watching it yesterday in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was concerning a girl that accused him of being raped by him that and the prison scene where he was beat up by prison guards. Did that actually happen or no. was that fictionalized? Pac never got beat up in prison. Pac <laughs> is not a rapist. I don't hang with rapists. Okay, never have. I'm totally against any man. Well, no, neither have I. I, I'm not uh, a racist either. I'm just saying that that scene where he got beat up by prison guards. 
I haven't seen the movie, but I will say during the time I, you know, far as the time when he was, I'm talking about his life story for real back in those years, okay? Pops didn't get beat oh. up. All the time okay. we would go see him, everybody would visit him. There was nothing physically hurt on his body. So what uh, I will I do, when, when I see the movie myself, which will be a little later, uh, I will come and do other interviews about my opinion about the movie. But I okay, you know, I've seen uh, everybody. Right. Do I know mean to see spoil the movie for you. <laughs> I'm sorry oh, no, about that. No, no, definitely, definitely don't spoil But see, people always will hear my opinion on something. I'm not, a, I'm not the type of female that will be quiet when it comes to Tupac. Definitely not. Because when he was alive and it came to me, he would definitely let you know when it comes to me. Okay, so I myself can't speak on anything until I see the movie myself. But I've been hearing a lot of great situations in the movie, and the majority of people who've seen the movie love the movie. So you'll hear another interview later in the future. If I see something that I don't like, you will hear about it. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me talk to you <laughs> and to the host. Thanks for yeah. bringing me on. And uh, I just have Thank one you for request. On for to go. So long. Thank you for You're holding welcome. on. I just have so one long. request yeah. before I go to, uh, mm-hmm. to the host. Thank you. Uh, Thank you the next show, uh, could you please see if you can try and get India Morel on your show? Because I only heard her voice during the show. I haven't talked to her in so long. Well, I'll definitely try uh, do my you, best. Uh, do you actually call her show? Because you know she hosts that show. That's well, her show. I used to. I used to. Oh, okay. Too, but now it's been... Keep getting this. We're sorry, but the phone number that you are calling has been blocked by a wireless account owner. Oh wow! Oh, okay. We're stuck having to chat with her in the chat room and on Twitter, but. Has she responded? Uh, Anyway, uh, thanks (laughs) for allowing me to talk to you both and enjoy the rest of your show. All right, thank you. All right, thanks for holding. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, very, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's yeah, great fans <laughs> like that that uh, will hold on for, forever. And uh, just yeah, brought up a couple of uh, good points there in the movie. I, I, you know what? That's the weird thing, and I was going to ask you about that because there has been over the last few days, and I'm not sure if you heard the uh, news today that uh, it will finish uh, third in the box office this weekend, $27 oh, uh, million dollars definitely. change. Uh, yes, and sir. I have heard, you know, from a lot of people who were close to him um, about some particular parts, especially Jada Pinkett Smith, who I think that they talked to, and I'm pretty sure you've seen on the news, and that she was not happy uh, with some of the mm-hmm. things or some of the scenes that have taken place in that movie. And I know you not having seen it yet, you can't really make your own uh, decision Opinion. on that. We'll, exactly. And we'll definitely have you back here when that happens. Oh, but, yeah, because I – Every no, everyone knows my character, okay? So <laughs> when it comes to certain people who aren't here to speak for themselves, definitely, definitely they were here about any situation. But, you know, I look at this 
you know, what I'm amazed about and I'm really excited about because I've been dating to this since Thursday and through the week and everything, definitely go see the movie. I'm just so excited because, you know, Thursday, that was the before the actual movie went into all the major theaters. <laughs> that, that, that number, oh, my God, that was the number one movie in the United yeah. States. Yeah. So, and I said at the top of the show that for it being a movie about, uh, you know, for it being a movie about a rap artist, you know, that speaks volumes as to the legacy of Major. Exactly. And that's what it's about. <laughs> you know, it's about him, the human being. Definitely. And for folks who love him, who personally been in his life, we're going to always speak up for Pac. Because he's not here to speak up for himself. <laughs> so for my part of it, it's not about the entertainment. It's not about the entertainer. It's about the human being, mm. the man. And I think I asked you this question the last time you were on, and I, I wanted to re-ask it again for those who didn't get a chance to hear the answer to it. Because I, I think it's interesting because, I mean, for those, I mean, we've talked, I think, uh, even a few times before, and I, I think the first show that we ever did, I really, we really didn't touch too much uh, on your relationship with Pac, and, and I think we kind of did a couple of shows in, and, you know, I was going to say, once you do one show, it's pretty much all of them kind of run together, but I do remember asking you this question, I do remember the response, but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you one more time, I mean, since, you know, you were close with him, had a relationship with him, worked with him, mm-hmm. In these years since his death, do you kind of feel more of a, I guess the word that I want to use here is, do you kind of feel more of a responsibility to be that person to, you know, right the wrong that you hear? Because there's so much that's out there. And I think uh, Uh Goliath talked about it earlier in regards to some rumors about him. Do you kind of feel that you have to continue on to pretty much knock down those things that people have been putting out there about him, even years after you know his death and things that were unfounded, that were never there, but people mm-hmm. still want to kind of continue to like spew out there? Dig in there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, even when he was alive, I was this way. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it has not changed from the 90s until now. I'm more overprotective because he's not here to speak for himself now, mm-hmm. okay? But when he was here, I was the same exact way, because when it came to me, somebody tried to disrespect me, he's going to shut them down real quick. So we were ride and die for each other type of people, type of couple on a, you know, it was the point of like, okay, you did, excuse me, okay, it's him right now. <laughs> you know, so, so the way I am now and, Poochie, if she was on the line, she would tell you, you know. But realistically, it's the point of how I am now. I was like that when he was alive. But I lash out even more because of the idea he's not here. And when someone try to put in false information about Tupac, I'm going to have a problem with that. I really am. I don't care who it is. I will have a problem with it. Because if you didn't know him, if you personally didn't know him, you just need to shut the hell up, seriously. I know everybody has their own opinion, but the key of it is if you don't know what the heck you're talking about and you don't have facts on true facts or something and people who personally know him, who personally, there's a difference between business and personally knowing a person, okay? 
if you're on that on that if you're not on that level with him, you really realistically don't have an opinion because mm-hmm. that opinion is is irrelevant. <laughs> it really is. It really mm-hmm. is. I just work hard more because you know it, it, you hear more of something, and I'm going to always say, "Excuse me, hold up here. What are you talking about?" Exactly. Yeah, I'm not a person that's going to keep quiet. I'm not that type of female at all when it comes to people who I love and a person who was always there for me. You know, he was he was just everything combined it into one when it came to me and, you know, in my life. So that's that's just like if one of your parents had passed away and they're respecting your parents, you're going to be like, hold the hell up. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> you know, like, uh-uh. Right. You just don't do that. That's and even if the person is not here no more and you're talking your yang, please be quiet because they're not here. You didn't do that yang when he was alive. So why are you doing it now? That's some and it's Sunday, so I don't really turn up the way I would <laughs> on a Monday through Saturday. <laughs> uh, so thank goodness we did this on a Sunday. <laughs> but thank God for Sunday. <laughs> I don't think I ever asked you, and all the time that we have had conversations about Tupac, about the day that you found out that he had passed away, where were you and how did you find out? Actually, well, I knew, you know, the whole thing, you know, when I got the call from Las Vegas situation, I mean, you know, I was with the family situation far as, like, you know, phone calls, how is he today, how is he the next day, you know, was that type of communication each day. Because I was in L.A., you know, while he was in the hospital in Las Vegas. So, you know, it was just like families flying over to Vegas, you know, that situation who weren't there at the time. Or guess what, you stay in L.A., we're going to call every two hours, every four hours. So it was like family relatives were reaching me constantly every day, every two or four hours, two or three, four times per day, you know, that type of situation. Mm-hmm. So um, throughout all those days, you know, when I do receive the call in reference to, you know, excuse me, you know, what happened, I remember I still have the scar on my arm uh, because I end up getting receiving like um two degree burn on my arm or something when that when that happened. You know, I was a basket case. I truly was a basket case. I, I you know, I it, it even to this day it's still like a scar and it just doesn't heal. You can put ointment on it, you can put the band aid on it, but the scar is still there. You know what I'm saying? So it was like one of the worst days, moments, hours, and, you know, because then from there, you know, um, I, you know, when Qaddafi later and, you know, the outlaws, they came back to L.A., but I know Qaddafi did, you know, he was talking to me, we spoke and everything, you know, and then a couple of months later, you know, everybody know what happened to him, you know, so, I mean, I was just, these were my family members, these were my brothers, my family, you understand? And um, it was just crazy. It was, you know, it was one of the worst times of my life. That's why, you know, when (laughs) it's just so, you know, and 
it's crazy because, um, you know, there's a lot of important people in my life who have passed. Of course, everybody experienced these situations. We know, everybody knows, you know, we're here for whatever right. time we're here for, and then we leave. You know, we're not here forever, permanently, okay? Um, right. But I guess it's just the point of what he wanted to do in the future. Um, he wanted, he had so many plans of what he wanted to do. And to be so young of what happened, you know, I really thought he was going to be in his 30s and 40s as well, age-wise, you know. And um, But I, I look at life in a lot of cases, uh, men and women who make changes for the greatness, a lot of them sometimes don't stay here too long. Mm-hmm. They sometimes pass. They they don't stay here too long, but when they they are here, it's a strong strong impact for people. That's why what's happening now. When he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that brought tears to my eyes of joy, <laughs> because never thought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the future. <laughs> <laughs> of his Tupac Thursday number one movie in the United States number one number one and still on a top three this whole weekend wow that's what amazing people do and it's not about the talent it's more than that it's what you bring to the impact of the world, which what you do for people and mm-hmm. good ways. Good situations last forever. <laughs> and it's still It it's lasts still, forever. And and as Sonny and Cher say, and the beat goes on. I mean it, it can it exactly. continuously is. I mean there's not a time where I go somewhere a Tupac song comes on and everybody mm-hmm. stops dances. <laughs> You know, or then they break out the argument about who is the greatest of all time. You have people who, you know, is Team Tupac and will, you know, defend it for days. Mm-hmm. And they'll talk about, oh, yeah. you know, it's his real. era style of rap compared to, like, the new stuff and how, you know, they'll trash the new stuff and say, yeah. man, if Pac was around, he'd blow them all out the water, you know? Exactly. Because you know <laughs> what it is? What he was talking about, what he was not just talking, he was rapping about, is what people go through. Every freaking day, every day, what's happening now, what's happening last year, what's happened the year before, what's happening within 21 years. This happens all the time of what he was talking about, what he was rapping about. So when you are talking for the people, not to the people, when you are talking for the people, that's going to last forever. There's a difference about talking to the people, and there's a difference about talking for the people. Now, if you're talking for the people, that's going to last forever, especially the people who don't have voice. They have voices, but no one is hearing them. They're ignoring them. This is going on in the hood every day. We see it all the time. I'm just totally shocked about the young man who was licensed to carry, and the world seeing this officer shoot this man with his little girl in the back seat, and then that officer 
what, not guilty on Thursday? Things like this Pac was talking about. He was talking for the people. So I feel when a man or even a woman talks about something for the people, you shouldn't bash bash that person because they're talking, they're helping. It's called helping. We need the voice. We need someone who's going to stand up for the people. Do you <laughs> That's think just that like that with voice the Malcolm X and Marcus, Dr. Martin Luther King, list goes on. Do you think Seriously. that that voice is missing now? Oh, is it missing now? Oh, <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? <laughs> because it's I really don't. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's just me. I don't as far as like the new artist, the new artists in the game, I respect a lot of the new artists in the game, some of them. I don't respect all of them because I'm just like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> oh, you just must be doing a hustle right now. This must be just a hustle. And you just going, okay. And that's what it is. I And it's not because of my age. It don't have nothing to do with that. I, I dissect music, you know, because I've been in the entertainment as far as musician and then rap artist. Okay. So for myself, Every a lot of I I love some of the young artists that are out here, or I'll say not just young, but the new artists that are out here. But there's a lot of followers and not enough leaders. Everybody's trying to be the same someone that's already out there. Now, when Pac and uh, maybe a little after that, every rap artist had their own identity. No one sound the same. You already knew if you close your eyes which rap artist that was. Now you you can keep, you can actually open your eyes, maybe turn your head, and you listen to every artist or whatever, or the majority, or at least twenty percent of them. You're confused. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought that was such a, oh, oh, that was such, a, oh, they sound the same. <laughs> now I know. So that's your just pro- disturbing. That, <laughs> that's really disturbing to me. I was gonna say, I know your friend and mine. Uh, James is holding tight, and I will get to him in a few minutes. But that'll be cool, as long as it's not a call like it was. Yeah, we we can't. Yeah, we we can't. Shout out to Joseph. But yeah, yeah, I love Joseph. I love radio. I love radio. Uh, but uh, I will say ahead of time that uh, tonight, uh, just because James is here, we will not be talking New York Yankees baseball. We will not be talking oh, Knicks it's basketball. it's not happening. It's all no, about sorry. talk. He already know that. I'll bring him up in a minute, but before I do, I wanted to get this question in in regards to, you know, I feel like now I can call her Poochie, but I won't do that. That's that's the thing between you two. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. yeah earlier we were talking yeah. 21 plus years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have 21 plus years. So I, I have to continue right. to call her Dahlia. I have to say to her, she can call herself Mary Ann, or next week call herself uh, Sally Ann. She's poochy <laughs> to me. Okay, that's all to it. It's going to be poochy, poochy forever. That, that's it. That, there's nothing else. You change it a, 10 years from now, still poochy. Poochy. <laughs> but there's a great excerpt in her She's book. my poochy. <laughs> yeah. There's a great expert in her book, uh, I Testify, in which you talk about your time with Tupac and the first time you actually met him. Um, mm-hmm. 
the first time, I mean, is it when you think back about that and the first time that you actually met him, at that time were you thinking, mm-hmm. okay, who is this guy? You know, pretty much, you know, I'll work with you. We'll, we'll see where this goes. Or it's kind of like, hey, you know, you two kind of, you know, saw or had a lot in common or you saw that this could be the start of something big. How did you feel when you first met him? Well, actually, when I first met Puck, he wanted to meet me. And I was actually in a restaurant. Um, I'll rewind it just a little bit. What occurred, this was in Atlanta, Georgia. I was actually being signed with Ichiban Records as the first rap artist signed to them. And I was there for the Jester Rapper Conference. conference. And that was like the biggest music conference. It's from hip-hop to singers to uh, actors. That was like the biggest first, you might as well say, <laughs> Award, conference, all that within a three- to four-day period. So in and everybody whose platinum, gold, the list goes on, is in the building when it comes to the Jack the Rapper conference. Uh, myself, my road manager, and my manager was actually in a restaurant. And Pac and his friend at the time named Stretch, they were actually walking past, and he looked in, and he seen me, came right in, and wanted to meet me. So that's how that all happened. And uh, it was really funny because I did a scene from the Juice movie. I did a a, a little skit (laughs) when him and Omar were in the hallway, and Omar closed the locker, if you remember, and Pop said, what's up? You know, like, I just did that. Don't ask me why I did it. (laughs) That was my moment of what I was doing. Um, and he said to me, you're going to be in my life forever. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, to myself. And he said, uh, well, you know, he wanted to go with, with me, my road manager and manager, to my meeting to Ichabon mm-hmm. Records. And he was very persistent about it. And my manager at the time was like, Mm-mm, no, no, he's not going. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a moment of like, <laughs> You know, like, oh, here my manager upset because he's looking like Pac is here hanging out with us now, and he don't want him to go to the meeting with us and this and that. So I remember when we were getting in the vehicle, Pac was, like, real persistent about it. He was going to get in the vehicle, too. <laughs> my manager like, mm-mm. <laughs> Come on, we have wow. this meeting to go to, Smile. We have this meeting to go to. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember as we were driving off, because he was, Pac was still standing there on the pavement. He ended up standing in the middle of the street as I turned back, and he said, I'll see you again. i see you again. So that was actually my first experience <laughs> of wow. really meeting him. Yeah, so he was the man who happened to see me, and he wanted to meet me. And I knew from day one who he was, because I was familiar with him, and he was with Digital Underground. So, um you know, like I said, everybody was in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Jack the Rapper concert. And, uh, you know, I performed there at the Jack the Rapper concert. And what occurred, I just got off tour with the Flavor Unit for two weeks. So okay. I actually opened up for Big Daddy Kane, MC Light, and Chut Rock. And that's how I was able to get on a two-week tour with the Flavor Unit, which was with Naughty by Nature, Black Sheep, Dyes Effect. Apache, Brothers of the Black Market, 
from Select Records at the time, and then that's when I got to deal with Ichabon Records, and I had to perform at the Jack the Rapper conference in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's how all those factors came, and that's how I met Pac in the restaurant while I was eating at a food spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, hope Chubb was, <laughs> I hope Chubb was performing Treat Him Right. That's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> yes, it, yeah, because in fact, that's during the time he had those hit songs, and um, where I performed that to open up for him, that was in New Jersey. So that didn't have nothing to do with Jack the Rapper or the Flavor Tour. You know, I ended up just opening up for three individuals and got onto the Flavor Tour for two weeks and then got signed and performed for Jack the Rapper. Wow. Yeah, and all these occurred in a short period of time. It was like A, B, C. <laughs> Yeah, so. Yeah. I love the fact and that was, a lot of the. So awesome was I wasn't signed at the time I was with opening up for Kane, MC Light, and Chub Rock, nor Flavor Tour. And, you know, I made sure all the time my performance was, was on point because these were platinum artists. <laughs> so you're talking about 30. 20,000 people, 30,000 maybe more venues, and no one knew who I was, so I had to make sure everything was perfected, which it was, because I never got moved. So <laughs> that was called, you put work in to make sure you perfect your shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Especially when you didn't have a record out at that moment, and you on tour with all your number one artists. Yeah. Wow. But we have a young we have a young man here who, like I said, you know very well. Uh, he's been holding on. Uh, should I bring him on? A lot of folks been holding on. I, I love it. <laughs> like, thank uh, everyone it, it, for it, holding it, on. It, I appreciate it. How long nobody... did the uh, Joseph? How long did the uh, Joseph uh, gentleman hold held on? How long you know was what? He on? Joseph. Joseph, I give him credit. He was actually here. You know how people wait in line and, uh, before I bring James on, but usually with Blog Talk Radio, if you are a host on here and you know how this works, pretty much when the time that I enter quote, the studio to do this show, uh, sometimes it's just me sitting here. But as soon as I came on, uh, which was probably a quarter to showtime, Joseph was here. <laughs> Joseph was wow. already, as we say, first in line, and he held on, and, you know, he specifically asked to speak to you, and I told Joseph, I was like, well, Spontaneous will be on at the bottom of the hour, and uh, if you can hang tight, I will make sure I get you in. And he held on pretty much for a record time. Uh, you know your fans are very committed. And, yeah. Uh, he uh, held very. on for for quite a while, so I think it was over 45 minutes yeah. that he was holding on. So, uh, Joseph, we do 45 thank you. 45 minutes, Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, just if uh, we we yeah. thank you for uh, calling in tonight with uh, your questions. And yeah. Actually, I I have to get some house cleaning here done. And of course, you if you want to be like Joseph, yeah. and of course keep it short, yeah. uh, you can give us a call six four six 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 eight twenty nine thirty seven. Yeah, I love it. Whenever and I talks. I love my fans because you know uh, I will say you know far as fan supporters, uh, I look back at some of the. Uh, Places I performed and diehard. They waited for interviews when things were sold out. And when things are sold out and everybody wants an interview or buy merchandise, that's a long wait, especially if lines are long. And my fans 
and people who really support me, I always state, you know, my fans are the best because um, they they are really serious. <laughs> and that's love. I get a lot of feedback yeah. and I get a lot of uh, hearts when I tell them that you're on the show. And uh, like I said, the gentleman that uh-huh. I'm bringing up next, we both know uh, he's been here before. He is the host of the Benchwarmers podcast on uh, MixLR. And like I said, tonight we're not talking sports. We're not going to talk uh uh, Knicks, or we're not going to be talking Yankees or Mets or any other. It's all about York those lives. It's all about two pops. Yeah, I know. And, I, and with the press of the button, I bring up my man James. If it's not, on. then you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is still a two pop weekend, and hopefully a two pop week. <laughs> James, you're on. What's up, my friend? You there, James? This is the first time I think he's actually silent. <laughs> yeah, that's really oh, shocking. It's it's live radio. <laughs> I, I, I think he, <laughs> I think he uh, went somewhere to probably watch and see what the Yankees were doing. But uh, oh, James, that's if you funny. James, <laughs> 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 you were up. Well, I'll bring you back here in a second. So uh, we'll take that away for a second. But uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, yeah. I- and I'm getting a lot of emails, a lot of tweets, a lot of things stating about Tupac movie. Um, someone just said, uh, thanks, Tupac movie was the bomb. Great flick. Uh, yeah, I have some people right now, actually, they're in the movie theater right now watching the movie. They are a nudie. Um, they just got married. And oh, they're in Los Angeles. They just moved to L.A. And they had reached me to let me know that they're actually going to see the movie right now. They were actually <laughs> DMing me as they were actually going to see the movie. <laughs> no, I'm so, kind of curious. I think you and Dahlia both said that you haven't had a chance to kind of see it, but you'll see it in your own given time. What are you yes. looking for? Because there's been a lot of great things that have been said about the young man who is uh, playing Tupac. I think his name is Demetrius Shep, Jr., um, uh-huh. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to seeing in this movie? And is there a particular uh, thing that you're looking to see if they actually got it right? Yes, I I'm just looking to see the whole movie. Um, no matter what, if it's stamp Tupac, it's all good with me. I'm not okay. going to debate about long as it's not off balance. Because what John Singleton was about to bring, he would have heard spontaneous voice strongly and with the family for real, for real. But once again, it is Sunday, so I'm going to try to keep it calm. But the thing of it is, for me, um, I want to be, because, see, we're talking about Pac, we're talking about Fatal, we're talking about Afini Shakur, we're talking about Big Sight. All these different, you know, characters in the movie, they're not here. And these were people, Gaddafi, the list goes on. These were people I truly loved, you know, and talked to and seen and different things like that. So that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of mental scarring because they're not here. Mm-hmm. And I just spoke to Big Sight two months before he had passed. So mm-hmm. I was really afraid. Last year was a heavy, heavy year. And then a year before, you know, when Fatal, you know, with that situation, it was just like 
heavy moments, very heavy. So mm-hmm. I know if I were to go to a theater and it was, and I know I never go to a movie theater by myself. That's that's something I haven't done since. I've never done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, <laughs> I know I there's parts where it's going to be, my heart's going to be racing really fast. And I remember every moment, every second. I remember. I remember how the day was. I, I remember how the weather was. So I remember when I got the call. I remember what time it was. I remember the number of the phone call, you know, all those different things. So to be in a movie theater, I will be walking in and out of the theater maybe every 15 minutes, maybe every hour, I don't know, depending on the scene of the movie. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's not a, it's going, a great movie. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have a lot of people who you love and mm-hmm. they're not here. And that would be hard for me. I, you know, I mean, some people are strong, but I know for me what I went through during a time, right. you know, that day when they passed. See, that's, that's what it is. That's what it all is about it. It's not about anything else for me. It's about, wow. So I know I would have to be somewhere where I can forward it, I can rewind it, I can forward it, I can rewind it, I can stop it for a second, let me let me have a glass of wine, let me have something to drink, okay, let me play it again. You know, you can't do that in a movie theater. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. There's been talk, uh, uh, I know here in Chicago, uh, they are rehabbing the world-famous uh, Regal Theater here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that they want to do is to do, quote, hologram act, whether it is mm-hmm. a live act or an act that is no longer here. And I guess yeah. I, I would ask you the question of you, and this is not, you know, uh, mm. downing what they want to do. But I'm actually kind of curious, for someone that has known him, would you be interested in seeing a concert with the hologram Tupac? Well, you know that occurred before. Pac was the first mm-hmm. hologram. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, those concerts sold out. That was with him, Eminem, Snoop, Dre. You remember that? Yeah. So Pac was the first hologram. Um I think for me, I would be like, I would not want the hologram to leave. I wouldn't want it to stop. Yeah. And then they'll say, fun, she's going to need some mental health. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you don't want the hologram to stop. <laughs> I want it to last forever, you know. So, <laughs> many people have asked me that question during that, uh, when the hologram of talk occurred before. You know, I had received emails and said, check this out, once. did you see this? this? You know, I didn't go see it in person, but just to see it of what they were sending me was, was wow. Well, so for me to see it in person, I believe I would just camp out. I need, I, we need to keep this going. We can't stop. Now, how long, how much would it be for it to be longer? I mean, <laughs> because it is a money thing for it to do its thing. You know, I mean, it's a contracted thing for whatever amount of time. Because I've never seen a hologram ever in my life, but it's amazing on what you see just from the internet part of it. Like, wow, this is. Well, let's so you know. I would have to see a hologram. I would have to see another hologram first. I mean, 
I have to see it in person. Not I, I'm not ready to see a puck yet because I'm going to be like, well, you know, we got to write some checks to keep this going. This needs to be longer. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you know. The rumor has it is that here. We got to yeah, make they're, they're, some deals and do it for another hour and keep it going. So yeah. <laughs> because this is well, the rumor has it is, that, no. is that it will start here in Chicago in October. Uh, so I don't know what the first concerts would be, but I do know that that was among one of the names that uh, was brought up in the news yeah. story. So I don't know, uh, but that because be it very went very well. Uh, yeah. During that time, the concert took place. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they were exploring the company and how they do it all, so that's why I stated about the money situation of it. Um, it's a great, you know, amount, it's a large amount of money to do that, but when I'm saying this, it's like, oh, well, how long would it be if we can extend the time? Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because, the, you know, I just I would have to see another hologram because i never seen one in person, so I realistically I would want to see it. See, just any hologram. I want to see any hologram except pop first because that one I, would be special to me where I, we need to make some more deals to extend that hologram. I'll, I'll, How I'll long for another hour? I'll let you know when the first ones occur. We'll bring you back to Chicago, and then we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. Yeah, I'll be making some deals. I'll be like, well, that'll be an investment I would probably do and say we needed an, an extra hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like spontaneous, really invested all their money in extra hour hologram. <laughs> but what about the? I'm not worried about the other holograms. All I'm worried about is talk hologram. Yeah, I mean, we could see. I mean, think about it. I mean, the acts that you wanted to see, or maybe never got to see. I mean, you could see, you know, Pac. You could see Michael. You know, you could see James Brown. You could see, you know, a lot of different acts that. Yeah, I mean, I, I just can't grasp it yet. I'm like you. I, I think I would kind of have to see it <laughs> before I could, like, really believe it. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. But, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, we've set the movie with the potential hologram, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. You know, for mm-hmm. someone that knew him like you knew him, and I and I asked uh, Dahlia this question earlier, and I, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, Um uh, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you think Pac would think about all of this this year? I mean, would he kind of be kind of like, wow, you know, you know, a lot of this adulation and, you know, a movie and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, you know, now all of this stuff that's happening, or do you think that he would pretty much kind of take it in stride and say, well, I still got more work I want to do? I believe he would always want to do work. He, that was him as a person. You know, there was always something that he's going to do. He would be so blessed. He would be so excited, like, wow, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is not just hip-hop heart. It's not that. It's rock and roll. First solo rap artist (laughs) inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He would just be so overwhelmed. He would be just so excited. Just like everyone who was speaking, who was performing, it was just the, uh, who was watching, it, it, it was like a very strong spiritual moment. It was just, <laughs> yes, yeah. because it was very powerful, especially something that you've never seen coming of amazement, that strong, yeah. and well-deserved, because once again, 
when you do something in your past that's like, I am doing something for the people. See, there, it's a blessing that comes as it goes along. As you progress in your life, stronger blessings come. It's real. It is so real. And I see that. You know, I've seen that where he deserved that because of yeah. what he's done in the past. He started as what? An activist. <laughs> How many young people start as an activist? It's like, <laughs> Not too many. with that, you know? You, right. you can't count, you might can count them on one hand. Mm. Truly, oh, oh. I mean strongly with a strong passion, not just talking. I mean with sincere passion right. for the people. So he, his blessings was going to come either way, mm. no matter what. And I feel when people do good things, there's going to always be some stones thrown. You're going to mm-hmm. always have haters that's just throwing stones. Yeah. You're always going to have that. But of the course. thing of it is, it's just that we as the family, <laughs> all the pot family, mm-hmm. we're not the type of people that's just going to sit and not say nothing. That's not our character. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. And people seen that on the cyber world, internet world, whatever you want to talk about the Yang. You understand? We're just right. not that type of people. <laughs> Don't talk about our family pot. Don't. Well, uh, yeah, I think we. I think everybody has learned, especially I can tell in everyone's voice, especially you know for those who uh, defend him because he's no longer here. You can hear that. You know, you can hear him. You know, it would be almost oh, as if you were talking to yourself. Shout out to shout out to Mo Prem, Outlaw, the Young Noble, Tretch. Shout out to definitely shout out to the real Spice Wine. <laughs> definitely, we don't play that. We don't. Shock G, well, this goes on. We don't. Yeah, our characters. We, you know, we're we're humble people, but don't mess with our family. <laughs> That was, uh, we don't play so that. Much. That's not even in our DNA. <laughs> it definitely means spontaneous on the list as well. No, don't don't play well, with our family. Well, speaking especially of when they're not here to speak. Right. Uh, I was gonna say, speaking of family, as someone who grew up in New York, I'm sure listening to Tupac, my man uh, James might uh, have a few uh, thoughts of his own. James, you there? Yes, I'm here in the flesh, the one and only. How are you doing, everybody? Good evening. Good evening. Yes, PLM. And the PLM all the way. PLM, of course, we're yeah. in his house. Yes, it's That's time nice. for the takeover, like we always do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shout out to PLM. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yes, it's very um, overwhelming, but at the same time, I'm smiling. And I think Pop would be the same way, too. It's like, He'd be amazed, even for him, like, wow, look at all this love and the support of a lot of people. And, of course, of course the other way, oh, look at all this hate and all this uh, <laughs> jealousy, just like when I was around, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, nothing changed. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, it changed, exactly. And um, this whole, ever since, well, I, I'm going to say this with me anyway. I mean, a lot of people feel differently or the same, but. As the days came close for me, it was like I was going back in time, especially with all the garbage that was going on, you know, from certain people. And it brought me back again to that time. 
And although I never knew the man, I have the privilege of being able to meet him. I, I, you know, I was very moved uh, by him. I was affected by him. Um, he, he was somebody I looked up to. He was, you know, he two years older than me. Uh, I was going through a lot of things, and uh, he was there to help me along the way, to the good and bad. And I think a lot of people, people have similar stories, whether you know they were they had a nice time. Like if I when I hear his music, I can remember where I was at. I really do. I remember. I remember. Not too many people you can think of that when you hear some music. Oh yeah, I remember where I was at. Uh, oh man, I remember that time. Oh, you know, it's not too many. And with Tupac, like I've said this before, he was not only a hip hop artist. I, I always saw him as a social activist, somebody that was a poet, um, somebody that that, rep- that represented us. And now, when I say us, I'm not talking about just minorities. I'm talking about people like us with you know that knew where he was coming from. You know, just he was for the underdog. Yep. He was always for the underdog. He, he, oh, as, as you hear all through this weekend and even before that, you know, he was just the type of man that if he saw you and he felt he, he felt a connection with you, he would take you underneath his wing, no question. He wouldn't even think about it. And I would, you know, and this is somebody that, for me, I didn't even get a chance to know him for a second personally. But I'm very perceptive. And when I first uh, felt that for him years ago, when I first saw him, you know, back when he did same song, when he was carried out like a king of a tribe of African tribe, ironically enough, <laughs> it was like a, a like a prophet, you know, being marched in. I said, "Wow, you know, there's something about this dude. There's something about this guy." And and lo and behold, Juice came out his first uh, album, Apocalypse. The rest was history. The rest is history with me. I was I was loyal to the end. Um, when all this garbage was going on with the media, East Coast, West Coast, I was never one of those people that fell for that garbage. Because, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love the big two, but I was definitely more of a pot guy. The way I am, I, it's not even close. It's not even close. I, all, all due respect, you know, to big or whatever, I'm just saying mm-hmm. Pac was my guy. Pac was my guy. That was the guy I could relate to. That was a guy that I knew that represented people like me that were struggling, going through some hard times. I mean, he said it one time before in uh, one of his many interviews, Tupac is the type of person like that single mother, you know, uh, on welfare, struggling, has kids, but is doing what they got to do. You know, they're, they're strong. They're strong-minded, and they're doing what they got to do. That's Tupac. Mm-hmm. That's Tupac. That's what he's about. He was about... No matter what you're going through, you're about overcoming that. That's what the rose going through the concrete meant. Because one time he was like, man, because people go like, oh, look at that rose, you know, I'm going through the concrete. And he was like, damn, look at that rose. You went through that concrete. Are you kidding me? How the hell did it go through that concrete? That's amazing, right? And it's just a symbol of who he was, how he saw things. He, his speeches that he did, like the Malcolm X dinner in 19... 19- uh, 92, and then uh, what he did at the Black Expo in Indianapolis, 93, one of my favorite speeches, too. If that didn't move you, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to tell you. Because he was about black 
He was about Samoa. He was about Puerto Rican. All he was people. About what, all people. And I want to make that very clear because that's what bothered me and pissed me off a lot of times when I hear the talk about me and try to spin stuff. And that made me angry. You know, it was, mm-hmm. as, as Tupac would say, it would get me irked. <laughs> and I understand. I, it's like, it's not right. I'm about right. You know, whatever what's right is right. That's me. I don't care who it is. They're about right and the good peoples. You know, I'm for them. That's what Pop was mm-hmm. about. And his legacy will live on forever and for always, especially with people like me. I'll tell you that right now. Like, you know, like Sponge said a few minutes ago. <laughs> We don't play. We don't play. Huh? And this is from a man, like I said, I didn't even knew him personally like that, but he affected me in a big-time way. He really did. Uh-huh. And um, I'm forever grateful uh, what he did because it wasn't just about, you know, a career to him. It was more to that because I'm telling you right now, if he was alive, he would have done a lot of big-time things. He had a lot of plans. He had a lot of plans. He was about the community. He was opening up restaurants for people. This is, this is what don't get talked about. This is what, see, another thing. He, opened, he, he was opening up businesses in the community. He did charity work uh, for the community. He loved kids. Exactly, he loved kids. For kids. Yeah. Had the Fine. museum. I mean, had, he actually yeah. had the museum yes. over in Georgia, and that was a lot for the children, you know, because here we go. The weather is getting warm, if not already warm, okay, in mm-hmm. many states and the U.S. You know the children mm-hmm. wants to go out to play. Yeah. There's a lot of children that don't have in their neighborhood things to do. Sometimes exactly. that's why they get in trouble. That's why yep. the situation sometimes happens. He was for let's get something in the community for the children. Because, mm-hmm. you know, why should a child stay in the house? And that's all they want to do. You know, kids want to go out, play with their friends, do different things. Yeah. Some of these playgrounds are very unsafe for children. You understand? You hear every summer either children are getting killed or hurt in situations in certain areas in the USA. So he was mm-hmm. about, I love the museum they had in Georgia for the children and for people to go see the museum. And including in New York City, they had what? A Broadway play about Pac's poetry and things of that yeah. nature for at least, what, four or five months. So a lot of these things aren't talked about in the media. Just mm. like when he was alive, he did a lot yep. of great things for people. Yep. And the media want to talk about the bashing situation, not uh-huh. the good situation. And he did a lot of great situations. Absolutely. So he was doing but- a lot of great things when he was alive. He had just been doing more by now, a lot more of what he wanted to do. I'm glad that we have an opportunity to discuss all that tonight. And for you, dear friends who are listening in, you're listening to the 411 Lounge here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, my guest, it's almost like a, it's a PLM reunion here tonight. <laughs> we got Spontaneous here with us. We got James. And guess what? We even have one other person uh, that's on the line. Yes. I already know who it is, but I'm going to have this gentleman Ooh. introduce himself. You're on the line, and is this my... Good friend DJ FX. Yes, this is DJ FX hey. on the line. Much love to PLM. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Hey, what's up, FX? <laughs> I always say the definitive yeah. thing is that you hear if you hear it from a DJ about you know an artist, 
because I, I, you play it more than anyone else does, and you hear it more than anyone else does, yes. and you see how people react to music. What does Tupac mean to you? What does it mean to you know when you play music, and what do you see, or how, what do you feel from the people when you play Tupac? Well, I mean, really, when it comes to just you know having that type, that kind of music, especially from Tupac's standpoint. It, it always gets the party rocking, especially when you have, you know, the, definitely the club banging. Because one thing I can honestly say, and I've actually heard Tupac say this, is, you know, you, you have your songs where it actually gets you thinking, but at the same time you have those songs that you you, you put out on the radio and you have the clubs play. And, I mean, it's it's electric how, oh, man, his songs just, I mean, it just, for some reason, it just it just makes people happy. Like there's no sadness, there's no any no kind of negativity. It, it just you just see, you know, the, the how people's faces just light up. I mean, it always, no matter where you are, no matter what club you're in, it always gets the club hopping. His music is legendary. It's legendary. Wow. It's just amazing how it goes. You know, because a lot of times I'll just I'll just get into a nice little flow, and you say, you know what? You know, even if the party is just, it's one. It's actually one of those kind of songs where no matter what song you play, it's like if the party is just dead, just put a Tupac track on. It just immediately lifts up the party. It does. And and I will say, <laughs> I bet you every movie theater that all eyes are being shown in, everybody's getting up dancing or nodding yeah. their head and moving in their chair. Every person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the majority of everyone. There's no one sitting in a movie theater seat without moving their mm-hmm. body some kind of way. <laughs> right. On, oh, right. Eyes on me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I agree. I can As a matter of fact, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's always right been, already now. been Instagram posts saying they they danced the in the entire movie. Exactly. Just like it yeah. takes the party for real. <laughs> like yeah. I was, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I bet you Word go up. there on the west side in Cali where they have uh, Magic Johnson theaters. You know, they have mm-hmm. chicken wings, all the good food. I think they have beer mm-hmm. and everything. Not I bet mm-hmm. you they really turned up in Cali. Right. I bet you they turned up. they like, yo, we got to go to All Eyes on Me tonight because we're going to be partying. Mm-hmm. Everybody was up in there partying. Like a gangster party, for real. Oh, yeah. just to think yeah. of that. Just to really think of that. Everybody that's out there that has gone to see the movie, report back to us what actually happened in that theater. I'm pretty sure it's close to what these folks are talking about because I could, you know, I haven't even seen the soundtrack in the movie yet. And I'm pretty sure that that's something that I'll probably want to uh, put in my collection. So see, and I bet you you're going oh, yeah. to start moving your body when you get up in there once it comes on. Guaranteed, something on no your body is going to be moving. Well, yeah. we have at the top of the show, I know some folks got to hear a small snippet of the wonderful uh, music that was put together. And I am actually, I'm going to actually time this show tonight because I'm going to say we're going to have probably about eight or nine more minutes together because I want to play the entire thing at the end of the show so that folks can hear it, so that they Absolutely. can hear the music of the man himself. I know it's about 12 minutes, so I was like, I'm going to actually stop the show early tonight. I can play the entire thing <laughs> so that you can hear it and, and, one loud. And definitely. And shout out to Waheed and FX, my DJs, Absolutely. for that special mix 
Absolutely. Uh, because I I actually allowed to send that over to you because that's actually Pop's personal playlist of songs that he liked when we were together. He would play certain songs of his own. And uh, that's what you're actually hearing on this show tonight as well. This will be, this will be very rare. So I'm actually going to let you guys know uh, in about eight minutes from now, we will actually uh, wrap everything up because you had a track that was about 12 minutes, and it's going to be 12 minutes of talk. Yeah. You enjoy it. And um, definitely, yeah, and, you know, I had a chance to hear it the other day, and I think I pretty much, you know, turned it up in my room. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, See? Yeah, I, was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I told <laughs> you. And you don't have a chance to hear it in a while, you know, because life I goes so quick you. here. It's like, you don't have a chance to hear this stuff, and by the time you hear it, you're going to be, oh, yeah. And you're just like, mm-hmm. And yeah, you'll uh-huh. you'll enjoy it. So trust me, we've got in eight minutes from now. Even if you're setting your clock, eight minutes from now, I will play the entire. Oh, seven. Track. Who's <laughs> <laughs> counting? Uh, I think that actually, I think that will be the first. Calm down. I ever play yeah, more than probably like a couple of minutes of music from someone? Twelve minutes. That's yeah. that's like only only because of Pac. So I will do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Exactly. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess this question can go out to all of you guys, uh, and it's hard. Sure. To, I know you're you're going to come out and say, you know, it's like picking your favorite kid. But if you had to pick one Tupac song that you, if they told you that you could only put one Tupac song on your, you know, your iPhone or whatever, wow. what would the song be? Wow. Wow. Hmm. Wow. You know what? For me. For me, and for some reason, I always go back to this song, and I actually put it as the last song on a track that I made up, and that's Holla If You Hear Me. For some reason, that song gets me completely hyped. I just love that song because I put it in, put it on in the car, and I, if I have just that Tupac urge, I'm like, I got to put that song on. Oh. I just, that's 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 the song for me right there. That does it for me. Uh-huh. I hear you. I um um save save spawn for last because as they say in the business, save the best for last. Um, right. As far as, for me, as as far as for me, I mean, there's so many. I mean, and I'm not just saying that. I'm dead. I'm dead honest. There's so many. I mean, pain and um um letter my unborn child, stuff like that. But the one, if I had to pick one, and I play this all the time on my show, all the time at the end of my show, it's Better Days. Mm-hmm. Better Days mm-hmm. is a very deep song. Well, just like most of his songs, when it came to seriousness about, listen, no matter what you're going through, things are going to get better, trust me. And mm-hmm. um, that's something that always touched my heart. And if I had to pick one, I mean, don't get me wrong, I- I'll be here all day. I name every damn song practically that very deep that mostly don't get played on the radio, uh, but that's one of them, and um, and it's so um, it's so passionate and and awesome, and that that was I would pick it would be better days. It's, it's not easy which one, but that I would have to take that one if I had to pick just one. That's my that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for myself, uh, because you know. You're asking me this question. That's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, how can wow. you put me on the spot? Like, what? <laughs> like, like, no. What? Uh, <laughs> what? 
Well, I'm going to say all of them, but see, the thing of it is, each yeah, time he created each each individual song was for a mm-hmm. purpose, a reason at that moment. Exactly. Right. Okay, so I'm looking at it totally different than what everyone else is looking you. at it on this phone, sure. you see. But I, I will say Brenda's got a baby because yeah, that was deep. really personal oh, yeah. to him well, at the time. Yeah. Uh, because that realistically was from, you know, a young girl. She wasn't even yeah. of age that she should have had a baby. But she really right. did have a, you know, this was somebody he didn't know. And it really hit, hit his heart on that and that's where that song Brenda's Got a Baby was created at that time and I still remember when that all occurred. So uh but set aside that all his songs had a purpose at that moment. The when mm-hmm. he created a song, it was for a reason at that particular moment, at that particular exactly. time. What was what mm-hmm. it was affecting his situation, what he's seen in the world, what he's seen, what people was going through. That's why every song he created is totally a different situation. It's not like all of it is this, all of it's that. It's all versatility combined into one. If you had a box and you had all these different meanings, you would have a Tupac song in every meaning in that box. And that's how his creativity was, you know. So that's what it is, you know. So that's why it's hard for me. I haven't been asked that question in a very long time <laughs> because I know how his creative thoughts was, you know, at that time, you know. So um, and how some of these meanings of songs, you know, how he felt at that time with it. It wasn't just about, oh, yeah, um, Let's make this. Every, realistically, a song was going to be a hit because the idea he was talking about some real shit. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Bingo. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Message. Message. Yep. Hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. That's right. Well, we got that's what it's about. about. And then about. the people he had, for certain people he was doing songs with, they were real people. So you're going to automatically have some hitters. You understand these songs because what you're talking about is some real shit. This is real. This ain't no make-believe. This ain't no, like, well, what the people going to think about it? No. It was like, let's do this. This is what it's about, and this is what we see, and let's create it. (laughs) That's why these songs are still hitters today. You know? That's why they're still hitters today. Longevity. Completely. Completely. We got about two minutes left before we get to the uh, song, and I wanted to. Uh, the last question that I guess I would ask you all is the same sure. one that I asked Dahlia earlier when she was here. If you had to use one word to describe Tupac, what would it be? Ooh, I'll let you take this one first, James. I'm oh, wow. <laughs> uh, unique, <laughs> unique, unique. I mean, think about it. Uh, somebody, very few uh, people in the world that talk to talk and walk to walk, and he was very unique in that aspect. I think that's one of the things that gravitate me to him because uh, that's hard to find even those days, and especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that's something that I will always take with me. Um, even but, but even during the time he was on this planet and after in the afterlife, I will always um, 
shout out his name forever because that's how much, uh, you know, he meant to me and a lot of millions of people that are like me. And I mean, you know, we all know and whether they knew him or not. And you, you, could, you could feel it when people say it, you hear in their voice. You could tell, like, it's no BS. It's, it's genuine. The love is genuine. The passion is genuine. And we will carry that even when we're dead and gone into the after that. Mm-hmm. We make sure that because we leave it like that legacy to the young people so they can carry that on. And they know, okay, this is Tupac and Marshall Gore. This is what he was about. You know, now all the other, okay, the other stuff is fine, whatever, because that's part of his life, whatever. But there's a lot of things that he did that was very damn good on this planet. I'm just saying. Okay? Let's make sure that's put out there, too. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, okay. uh, I guess my turn, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I know, like I said, we're going to save the best for last. We got to save the best for last. Oh, no, yeah. That's what you're see, you see, so I would have to say forward thinker. Forward dash thinker for the simple fact that if you really listen to a lot of his songs and his speeches, you you, you saw the thought that was there, and the and how he would eloquently put it. I mean, you had no choice but to listen. And if you really think about it, a lot of the things that he said then, and we talking about back in the nineties, what he said then Mark came to came fruition. True. Yep. It came to fruition. And, it, I mean, you, you, you're talking about an old soul in a young body. That's really Perfect. what you're talking about, an old exactly. soul in a young body. Mm-hmm. And he was just that type of forward thinker that nobody saw coming. Nobody saw coming. And they're like, what? Tupac, like, Tupac saw this coming? Yes. This brother yeah. knew what he was talking about. Forget, you know, really forget the thug life. Forget all the things that the yeah. media said. Forget all that negativity yeah. that that mm-hmm. so-called came along with it. And I've and I've and I've heard this, and I've actually heard other celebrities that know him well have said this, and it all came to one point and one point only that he was a real human being. He just knew exactly what he was talking about. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and it just came to be that. It just did. It I just did. That. And I'm still researching, finding things that I didn't even know he could do. And I'm saying, this brother was just on it. If he was still alive today, all these so-called oh. rappers and probably a lot of these celebrities that you, you that we see now, you, you wouldn't see. You wouldn't see. You wouldn't that's, see. That's you wouldn't even, you, you know, you, you would not have heard not anything from him it's at true. all. It's fact. It's fact. <laughs> I'm just going to leave true. it there. I'm just going to leave it there. I, I agree with you. I'm going to leave it right there. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, for me, he actually, um, he was passionate and, um, trying to not be yeah. <laughs> sensitive and crying and all. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He was a strong mm-hmm. believer. Mm-hmm. He was my friend. He was my best friend. He was someone who was not phony. He was someone I could always count on. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. always checked on me. He always loved me. He always cared about me. He was what you call a real friend, a real friend, nothing phony about him. Mm -hmm. And he always cared. 
<laughs> and that mm-hmm. I miss so much. I have a lot of good people in my life, but he's a person that I miss because he was a good person. And that's what it is for me. He was the human being. He he was my best friend and everything. People know I don't talk about my personal life too often, and I'm not going to get all into that part of it, but I I miss him so much. And um, this month is a very great light, uh, but I still have my tears because it's June. He's not here. I remember birthday times and all that good stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. doing his birthday time situations. And, you know, a couple more months from now, it's going to be a hard month too, which is September. Right. So um, it's a scar that'll never heal, but he's resting in peace and he's smiling with Gaddafi, Afini Shakur, mm-hmm. Fatal. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what it is. Well, Big sight as well. They're all smiling together and they're resting. <laughs> but I do want to say. Let me shake that off a little bit. <laughs> I do want to say definitely free Dr. Matuda Shakur because he should be home February of last yeah. year, and he's well, not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this Trump man, you know, I don't touch whatever on that one. Um, but thanks for the promotion, Trump. Um, <laughs> I do want to shout out my brother, Mopreen Shakur, outlaw. Edie, Young Noble, Tretch, my bro, Storm, wherever she is, Mickey Rourke, I got to definitely give a shout-out to him. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, MC Bree, definitely. Definitely yeah. shout-out to Shock G, Money B, yes. and my brother, yeah. the real Spice One. We definitely going to blaze his music. East Coast is yeah. going to blaze his music. Next yeah. week or the week after, we got to hit yes. his new joint on the East Coast for real. Absolutely. Love y'all. Definitely. Thank the whole world for making All Eyes on Me the number one movie Thursday. <laughs> and y'all, it's <laughs> all up on my social page because that's history right there. They said, yeah. well, you know, thugs definitely don't make it to the top. You know, we this, we that. No, we get, we make it to the top, definitely. As you see, the movement goes on forever. Definitely. Thug life, we just, speak on it. We, speak on it. We think we are. We're just people who speak our mind. And I feel in life that they get afraid of people who speak their minds. Bingo. We speak Bingo. our minds. Speak and that's on. what it's about. That's right. So you're definitely going to always hear my mouth as long as I'm breathing. Uh, and I'm definitely uh, going to, as they say, you know, what Pop stands for, you know, it's because he was my friend. I know what he stands for. The family know what he stands for because we're real family. We are real family. You know why? Because we real people. There's no phony shit in, in this circle at all. No right. phony shit. Mm-hmm. And all you haters, y'all definitely get the middle finger. And if y'all don't yeah. like y'all lies and y'all because that's why y'all hating, mm-hmm. you know, we prove we prove numbers in thug life. <laughs> we really do. That's <laughs> <laughs> why always say we make the front cover. Yeah. We don't just make the news. So on that note, <laughs> so basically, everybody in Thug Life is a Hall of Famer. And we sound like crazy. So we sorry that the haters can't get a Hall of Fame. 
inductee, you know, they most likely they they movie ain't gonna be number one. So we sorry about that. If if they have a movie. Yeah, they might not have a movie. Exactly. (laughs) They'd be lucky. I'm just saying. I doubt. It'll probably be strictly on DVD, and that's basically it. Yeah. No one's going to pay that budget. Well, the best way to always keep it going is is to keep it it 100, as the kids say, and to keep Mm -hmm. it But, uh, so I love y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, we're not going to take over no more. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much more room you know. Talk Radio is going to give me to play the music. I think i got about four minutes yeah. to play it. But at I'm least gonna, yeah, it will. Trust me. <laughs> trust me, it will. The spirit of pop will make sure. Trust me. Trust me. You got yeah. it. Trust me. Yeah, we we came out there for a little minute. Trust me. It will it's be fine. I know about Block Talk. Yeah. It's been through all of you guys. Uh, DJFX, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, you can simply find me at Spinner Circle. That's S-P-I-N-N-E-R-C-I-R-C-L-E. And that's basically the same for Instagram as well. So check me out, and you'll definitely follow all of us, because once you find me, you're going to find Spawn as well as James. And, and James, uh, for the folks that uh, need to know, where can we find you? And I know you got your show every week. Let the folks know. Well, yes, I do my Bench Women's Live show every Friday, live, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, exclusively on Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, forward slash E-A-R-Owner. You can find me on Twitter at Yankeeman1973, Y-A-N-K-E-E-M-A-N-1973. On Instagram is Jimmy873, J-I-M-M-Y-A-C-E-73. And uh, just like uh, in the words of FX, DJ FX has said, uh, you find me, you find my peoples. You find uh, PLM, you'll find Spawn, you'll find FX, you find Wahid, Scuba, yes. Bill, DJ Bliss. Trust me, we are coming. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. You know, spontaneous, we find it spontaneous, right? Yes, and everybody know where to find me. They find me, but they know it's S-P-A-N-T-A-N-T-E-U-S. Definitely go check out the movie All Eyes on Me, definitely, definitely. Let's make that yep. this whole month, you know, Damn game right. the party moment because let me say something to you. I, like I said, I can guarantee everyone who goes see this movie, it's going to be like going to the club, realistically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and awesome. this is the only movie in a long time that's actually in the theaters where you can actually – Say, guess what? Let's go to the club. Oh, you want to go see I, All Eyes on Me? All right, let's go to the club. Let's go to see the movie. So that's what that's all about, definitely. I love it. So on that note, thank you so much. I love you, Chi-Town, the Windy City, and worldwide. You. All the listeners Shy-Town. who are listening, yeah. Thug Life, PLM, All Eyes on Me, we love you, we love you, we love you. Definitely go buy all the new projects that's coming out for our Thug Life family. You know, everybody's yes. dropping new stuff in the next week or two. So y'all will see all that on my social pages as well as definitely go see that movie, All Eyes on Me. Definitely. It's all fine. I love y'all. All right. <laughs> yep. One fine. love. And that's thanks, right. guys, and thanks to Delilah Hutchins. You can check her out on the web as well. Trust me, you'll see it all in our links. Catch her stuff. Catch everybody else's stuff. FX, James, Spontaneous, thank you so much once again. Of course, it's always fun 
And, of course, we'll be back here again on the 411 Lounge on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, this is your friend LeVar saying thank you for listening. Good night, and thank you so much, Pac, for meeting you with some of his music. Night, everybody. We miss you, babe. Bye. Yes. To Pac forever. Night. Love you. Unstoppable, untouchable, motherfucking worldwide bombing. Death Row at its finest. MOB, love for motherfucking. No man separate what we create. No man separate what we create. No man separate what we no man separate what we no man separate. 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 No man separate what we create. Unstoppable, untouchable, motherfucking worldwide bombing. Death Row at its finest. MOB, love for motherfucking. You are now listening to DC's own DJ FX of the Spitter Circle. My life in exchange for you. Born hated as a thug. House full of babies. Crying for my lack of getting love. Ain't nobody else. Feel I got a second drug.